Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of The Insiders, the PowerCat podcast in which we collect the people who know more than me so I may tap into their expertise and thus sound smart myself. I am Tim Fitzgerald. With me is Ryan Black of the Manhattan Mercury, Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle, and Matt Walters, he of many things, but most importantly, the Kansas State Radio Network. And Kansas State lost again. 31-12 to to Baylor, another subpar performance and let's just start here guys i want your thoughts do you feel like this is even the same k-state team we watched and covered through the first three games of the season it's strange it's almost like a personality change has taken place all of a sudden they don't have confident they're just going through the motions at times they honestly i don't think they're playing very hard coach you know coach speak can get up there and coach Kleiman uses it coach Snyder uses it we play it hard i i don't see it at times i mean they're just making too many mental errors they don't tackle well they don't block well they're not they're not a good football team right now well i i know i mentioned at some point during the game that what the game reminded me of, at least in terms of the defense, it reminded me of last season's game against Baylor, just in terms of how many tackles they missed. Because, I mean, that was such a huge problem last year. And it seemed through the first few games it had not been an issue. But certainly it uh, it reared its head Saturday. Uh, I'll also go ahead and address it and take it on the chin. Yes, last week I did say that they were going to beat Baylor and they were going to beat TCU. Uh, they obviously didn't beat Baylor. I will withhold judgment on TCU. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the other thing, guys, I have to say that, that, that stood out to me, and, and I don't know if you guys picked up on it too, that is the first time in all of the interviews that we've ever done with him, Chris Kleiman was not happy. He was answering in very short sentences, I felt like. He just, I mean, and hey, I understand, hey, it's, 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 you're never going to be happy when you lose. He's, again, dealing with the fact that this is the first time he's lost consecutive games in 14 years. Uh, but, but, man, he just, he did not seem happy to be there. And, and you could just tell, I mean, it, it was pretty evident for, for us who've been to a lot of his press conferences in many different settings. That was, that was the most frustrated that he's been since he's, he's gotten the K-State job. 
He was back happy today, though. If you listened to him on the teleconference, I didn't. I haven't had a chance yet. He was super cheerful. Said, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He said, "Forget wins and losses. Kansas State's heading in the right direction." He's proud of. Oh my God! The progress that, they've made. I'm sorry. That sounds like he's girding so, the fan base for a horrible so season. So it was, it was, it <laughs> was like little, the dreaded vote of confidence, yeah, right? Like it, and then you're fired right after they they give you the vote of confidence. Uh, it was a little surprising. He said he thought they played Baylor or better against hmm. Baylor than he did, they did against Oklahoma State. Okay. Thought they heading in the right right direction. I think that was probably just him being a little. Well, bit thanks for completely undercutting my point, Kellis. That that <laughs> That's what we're here well, to do. Uh, but I mean, you're, you're right though. That was the first time I'd seen him like legitimately almost snap at a question like the. The one about the last time he lost. Yeah, the Loris. Well, like, and I even uh, mentioned in this story amazing. about James Gilbert today. Remember, he, he didn't even let me finish the question. I just started saying, James Gilbert, yeah, yeah, it's not good. You know, we need to shore that up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I mean, but he knew what I was asking about. I'm just saying, but it just seemed like he was trying to get the press conference over as quickly as possible Saturday, which I, hey, I understand. Matt, to, you st- to your point, though, Tim, I would say I, I don't think uh, effort is necessarily the issue, at least in my, okay. my mind. I think that, I don't know, things just went so good in the first three games. Mm-hmm. I think. People probably bought a little bit too much into the SEC mystique, mystique of the third game. And now that we've got some key players hurt, like Malik Knowles and Jordan Brown, and all of a sudden some teams have maybe figured out how to stop their running attack that was working against people that didn't necessarily have the personnel to stop it. Now all of a sudden they're sending blitzers from weird angles and they're getting behind the lead blockers and shutting them down. And that to me is just the biggest problem. There's when they make good plays they still work it's just that too often they'll pick up seven yards on first down and then lose five on second down because they can't pick up a blitzer for whatever reason they go negative and they had 15 tackles for loss in the last game against Baylor and that's just way too many Matt you get him first yeah, the new setup with post game radio uh, you guys get to talk to Coach Kleiman first what was his mood coming out of that locker room it was just very matter of fact um, uh, you saw you Kellis and Ryan saw him for a longer period of time. I would just say he was matter of fact. He wasn't short and crisp or um, agitated. But again, you know it's it's bugging him. You know it's wearing on him. Um, Kansas State is in you know an interesting position. I'll go back to what I said last week. I mean, I said K State would be Baylor too, Ryan. Yep. So you're not out on an island totally by yourself, but. Um, what stood out to me again was the troubles running the football. I mean, K-State could run, ran against Baylor like crazy last year. Mm-hmm. But, and I said it in postgame, um, the 15 TFLs allowed yeah. is just what screamed bloody murder at me more mm-hmm. than anything else. That the offensive line is having the trouble that it is. The offensive line had trouble last year. Um, and again, to me, it's just... It's a different coat of paint compared to what last year was. I I see some areas of improvement, but you can also see some areas where, boy, they got they got some things to get fixed and quickly. Well, the offensive line certainly the last two weeks has had problems figuring out those three man fronts. That three three five defense really has given K State trouble for years. Um, first used at West Virginia. Didn't matter which coaching staff. They haven't quite blocked it right. But even if they knew who to block, let's be real honest here, they could not block Bravion Roy, the 330-pound nose tackle. That dude's a beast. You you couldn't move him with 
a tractor. It was unbelievable. And once you set the defense in the middle, what K-State wants to do really was breaking down. It was it had to be incredibly frustrating for the coaches because it just seemed like nothing was going to work. But they're going to have to figure this out. They're going to have to figure out a running game because if you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball. If you can't throw the ball, you can't run the ball. It, they're just in that vicious cycle, aren't they? Of those, if I may write quick, yeah. of those 15 TFLs for Baylor on Saturday, there were 10 guys that helped total that number. So they, yeah, I mean, they so it wasn't it. like one guy was yeah. just I think they had one player that had four, and it yeah, may have Lynch. been – Lynch had four. Correct. But they had ten guys, and they blitzed at the right time. I mean, they just did, they did a lot of good things. And if you think about Baylor, go back to the start of our brows to now, are you going to put that Baylor team in one of the top three Baylor teams that you've seen in the last decade? No. No. The difference is they play defense now. Right. And let's, pretty good defense. let me pivot here. Let's set aside my previous question. I want to talk about Baylor. This defense is legitimate. I mean, that defense looked good uh, last week against Iowa State. I think they kind of let up at the end and yeah. let Iowa State back in it. They have looked good throughout the season. Uh, it's such a strange thing to see in the Big 12, a team that's defense first, but they're making it work. Well, Oklahoma State looked okay on defense two weeks ago, too. Yeah. And turn around and couldn't do it against Tech. Yeah, Oklahoma State looked like K-State did two weeks ago or a week ago. They looked like, hey, we're ranked. Let's go. We're, we're really good. We're going on the road, and we're going to win. Bonk. It's just they ran into a brick wall. That's the one I'm still scratching my head about how Pistol Pete let that happen. Is Baylor the third best team in the conference? Maybe. Well, well I, I think at this right point, now? right now, yeah. And I'll just say this: I, I had undefeated. I mean, I had no expectations for Baylor coming into this year. I think they were picked seventh, if I'm not wrong, uh, in the league. And I'll be honest: I guess I thought that you know, because uh, K State was picked under them, I thought K State would be better than them. Uh, I didn't really know about West Virginia, I guess. But you know, man, hats off to, to Matt Rule and that that staff. I mean, what what he's been able to do since he's taken over? Because what they won 11 his first year, seven and six last year, won a bowl game, and now they're on an eight game win streak, which I was like, I think the third longest streak in the history of their school. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, and that, was so I, the, that was their first road win in two years. Yeah. The, the only other one was, was KU. KU. Yeah, it's their first non-KU road yeah. win under Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always have to have that asterisk. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I, to, to your to your point, Fitz, yes, I, I would say right as of right now, they, they, are, they are the third best team in the conference. So I still I wouldn't pick them against either the – the kind of the other two, which you don't even have to mention, because people would know who would, you know, who would we, be, who we would be referring to. I was impressed with Baylor, and yeah. maybe part of it was Kansas State's own troubles. Uh, that Kansas State defense is really good ninety-five percent of the time. I mean, I just wrote this in my post-game grades. Um, you know, they held Baylor to two of nine on third down. That wasn't the problem. The problem was they weren't in third down. They were picking up first downs over and over uh, with uh, big plays. That 5% kill us when they're not good. They're really bad. They don't tackle well. They don't do assignments well. They just get out of whack, and it turns into big plays. Well, and it was the same story against Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. If you go back and add it up, I mean, they're doing crazy good on third down in Big 12 play. What would you say? It was 2-9 against Baylor. I think it was 4-13 of against Oklahoma State. So... When they get in the third down, they're great. But, yeah, those first couple plays, they give up a lot of yards. And that's when Baylor did score, that's what happened. They marched 98 yards, I think, going basically 35, 35, 35. Um, 
and the the play that kind of broke K-State's back where they hit the Sneed, not Xavier Sneed, but R.J. Sneed on the sideline, and he spun back past three <laughs> If they guys. had actually hit Xavier um, Sneed on the sideline, that would have been a major story. K-State might want to borrow him to be a receiver, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Did you guys not think of Xavier Sneed every time they called yeah, out Sneed? Well, name? and the fact, yes, his, his name was spelled the exact same way, not like the late Jevin Sneed, who was spelled S-N-E-A-D. Which is the proper way to spell it. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Xavier spelled but, the same But you can go tell the difference. Like, there was one play where early on in the game where Baylor had it set up perfectly. They had they were trying to get the edge with a run, and they had blockers on the outside, and it looked like it was going to be a 40-yard gain. But then Jordan Mitty comes in and makes a tackle in space. Boom. Uh, they might not have even gained a yard on that play. No. Great play. Later in the game, they run basically the same thing. In case state guys are leaping at their feet. Or their, yeah, feet, foot, I like it. foot. What? What? Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I like can't it. talk. This is why I write. I like um, it though. Yeah, they can't make the tackles and turn into big gains, and that's what it is. They also had a corner in Chris Miller that hit like somebody we haven't seen for a while. I had flashbacks. Fitz, you two, Ryan and Kellis weren't covering K State yet, but remember uh, the Slade kid that played safety for Texas Tech a few years ago. I thought he was going to be a surefire NFL guy. Did not, but Chris Miller was, I am just going to absolutely lay the wood to you every time. I mean, he took shot after shot. Yeah, He only got credited for three tackles, but he hit some people. And and again, I, I said this last week, when we talk about K-State's offense, I still think Skyler's trying to do too much. Yep. I think he's got too much or he's putting too much on his shoulders, and part of it, I think, is because Malik Knowles has played very, very little in the last two games. Well, he he tried to get it to Knowles last game when he was in. Yeah, first three plays uh, on offense. I think that's pretty telling that he targeted – Knowles was in there for maybe six plays. and hey, I got tar- my favorite toy. Yeah, Skyler targeted on four of them. Four times, yeah. I thought Schoen, Schoen finally had a He game, played good. Yeah. But good. you – yeah. Well, K-State's – Core wide receivers is just not what you have to have, right? Scott, yeah, uh, receipt. How what? Uh, career high for receptions for six, for Schoen, yep. six, and Brooks had seven, right? Yeah, and seven for sixty nine yards. Those were both career highs for Brooks. So nice. I mean, they they yeah, and and so they both yeah they both finished with sixty nine yards. Schoen and they Brooks. did. I didn't even notice yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. identical. Double yeah. nice. Uh, I want to know, man, Matt Fitz. I always appreciate that you're okay with me sometimes asking questions. Is that Matt? You know, you're down the field, so you get a different view than what we see in the press box. Did it seem like? At the line of scrimmage, did it remind you of the Oklahoma State game? Was K-State just repeatedly getting dominated on both sides? Or did it feel – I'm saying did it feel differently just watching those two games? It felt differently just because of the TFL number. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, for whatever reason, it felt different in Stillwater than it did uh, at home. Again, when I got the stat packet, the first thing I looked for was tackles. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to see, you know, Lynch and Bravion Roy, but that 15 tackles for loss is what it jumps out. Uh, yeah, jumps out at me. Um, that's a really good question, Ryan. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. But no, that's just, fine. I just didn't know if you felt like you were having flashbacks to the it, previous game when you were watching. It, it felt differently just because I guess it was at home mm-hmm. and was a little more surprised. I think the three-three look has just confused the hell out of them. It does. It does, and I understand it's different, um, but they've got to figure this mm-hmm. out. I don't know if it's just a matter of going to a different blocking scheme, but it baffled this group when they were being coached by Charlie Dickey the last few years, and it's baffled them now under Connor Riley. 
teams do block this. They this doesn't baffle everyone. Um, and if it's that effective, I'm surprised more teams don't do it. But to be blunt here, when you've got guys like Roy and Lynch on your front, 330 and 290, and you got 290-pound defensive end, which is what you have to have on a three-man front, you can get away with it. You, you can be really good at it. Um, but, you know, they, they, they anchor that and let everyone go around and make plays, except Lynch did make a lot of plays. It's it's very frustrating to watch, but go back to Skyler here for a second. It almost seems like he's over-processing stuff. Instead of just I got to throw it away. I got to run. I, you know, I, he's like he hasn't been setting up in the pocket much the last two games. No, no, and we saw at one point in the game he actually stepped up in the pocket, let things develop, and I think it was shown he found over the middle, and it was a tight window throw, but it was there. It's almost as if he's so paranoid about throwing a pick, he doesn't throw the ball, and he's had a number of plays, guys. Let's be honest. Just throw it away, man. Mm-hmm. Just throw it away. I don't know where you're running. I don't know what you're doing here. Just throw it away and move on, whether it's a punt or whatever. Sometimes the best play is throw it into the grandstands. Because of the pressure of the last two weeks, uh, he's just become jumpy. Uh, he's he's like what young quarterbacks do where if their first read's not there, you know, we're going to get out of the pocket and try and make something happen. I don't want to say he's regressed to that, but – He's been hit enough. He's been hit more in the last two games than he's been hit in the first three this year and going back to last year. Uh, I, again, I think he's got too much on his shoulders that he's put there himself, and I think he's jumpy and ready to get out of the pocket. He was sacked six times. Oh, he got pounded Saturday. Like, not just he the sacks. He took some big-time oh. licks. Well, and, and, and again, I remember after the game, you know, and said, I do think he's trying to do too much, but that's just because he's such a competitor. Uh, I mean, the fumble that he had, I mean, that was him trying to do too much. I mean, the one that got knocked out of his hands. Is, Getting you know. piling. Yeah. Look, I, I know he's trying to do too much, but um, I don't know if that's a coaching error or a quarterback error, but there's times just get rid of it. Six sacks, and I bet half of them. I bet if we go back and look, half of those are just throw the ball away. I mean, you there's nothing else here to do other than throw the ball away or get sacked. And he's Live taking sacks. see sacked. the next down. Yeah. He's well, not. He's not doing that. He's like trying to wait to the last second to make something big happen, and it's just not there. Well, the weird thing about it is, it seemed like in the first three games they were trying to set it up for him to do basically as little as possible. Right. Hand it off most of the time, and then when we see looks we like, you'll throw it to open guys, and your stats will look great. And that's why I think his PFF grades were so high in the first three games, just because he took advantage of those and didn't make any mistakes. When they asked him to run, stuff was wide open. You know, nothing was forced, and now all of a sudden, I think. Like we were saying, the three-three-five has confused the line. I think it's confused him. Now that he doesn't have that running game just to give the ball to every single play, I, it's I don't know. Maybe things came too easy for him early, and now he just doesn't know how to respond. Well, that's probably valid. Malik Knowles was targeted four times, guys, but I didn't see any play in which Malik Knowles was involved that I thought, well, that's something only he can do. <laughs> right. I mean, he was targeted when he was covered. I mean, there was a throw over the middle that he had horrible fundamentals, had his hands in the wrong position, and dropped the pass, which would have been big early in the game. Um, Guys, I see other receivers that open, which wasn't much, throughout the game. It's just like he's got this security blanket, and he named it Malik Knowles. I can can only throw it to Malik in times of trouble, and he's got to get through that. He's just got to work his way through that. I don't. I'm. I'm really frustrated that. Um, but let me. I'll. I'll 
play devil's advocate yeah. with you. How does he work through that? He's got – what I mean is, again, if you put – if you take the receiving core, the top – let's say top six guys on every team in the Big 12, there's only one other team in the Big 12 that I can think of that's going to have a worse group of six or a less talented group of six. Okay. Maybe two, but how, do, how does he do that? Because if you're – if the guys that you have to throw the ball to – aren't able to get open. I guess what I'm saying is I don't buy that. I don't accept that thought that they're not open. Now, I bet if you line Phillip Brooks up with Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks wins that that sprint, and he was open quite a bit. Hell, he was targeted probably 10 times and had seven catches. I mean, he's, he's out there. He's available. But Skyler doesn't want to make tough window throws. He made one to shown along the sideline that was incredible. It was a veteran receiver making mm-hmm. a veteran play, selling that the ball wasn't there and it was coming. That was a great catch. It, and yeah. and what made it possible? Skyler put it right where it needed to be. That was a confident throw. That wasn't a lucky throw. That was a confident throw. It's like what we saw in the first three games. He's not confident about stuff. Not right now. I don't I know how to Look at X's and O's. I, I'd be incredibly frustrated as a coach, Ryan, that we've got a coach. We've got to become psychologists here because this team just seems to have lost its mojo. It's gone all Austin Powers on us. <laughs> well, uh, you, uh, wow, that, Austin Powers, too. You yeah. expected that one, didn't you? No, nah, well, that's why I'm a little bit taken aback there. Uh, You're welcome. You know, I would just say that, you know, I'm certainly not of the opinion that you know, Thompson can't get it done. I, I just go back to what Matt said. I just think that it's like how much can, can, can really be expected of him when you look at just the talent of, of the receivers he's working with. Because I think, I mean, you look back two years ago when he had Byron Pringle and, and Zuber was still around and those guys. I mean, I think he had quite a good receiving group and he took advantage of it when it was there. And and I, I mean, I guess I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm, I'm trying to also be it's level. Reality. I'm just be, I'm trying to be level-headed yeah. and logical about it. Although I just know when you're a fan and you see how they started 3-0 and and now they've lost two in a row in very one-sided fashion in both games, you don't want to hear that. But that, that's how I look at it from, you know, this as we record this podcast, this being my two-year anniversary of being on the beat. I just think that if, if the talent was there, he'd be able to make the throws and, and, and there would be we'd be seeing more success out of the passing game. And I just I just don't think it's there at the moment. And maybe maybe it'll get there with Brooks and Joshua Youngblood played a lot. Maybe they'll work their way into that. But that is asking a lot for a redshirt freshman and a true freshman who had not really done much to this point. Knowles is different just because we kind of expected him to be the guy along with, with Dalton this year. I don't think Skyler's necessarily played bad. Yeah. It goes back to me. It's like, what what part of the offense do you feel great about right now? Is there any? The uniforms are nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> they, look, they look good. Well, I mean, Matt Rule wore the most ridiculous thing. He did it again. He did they, it. They he won, did it for, so, for Kellis. Uh, yeah, if only awesome uniforms put points on the board. So that that's where it goes to me. Like, I've seen people on my Twitter mentions say they need to bring Holcomb back or start play Austin. <laughs> bring him out of I the mean, portal? I mean, use, use Heron. I don't know. People are crazy <laughs> jumping on the I, – I wouldn't go anywhere near that far. I, I don't think – I mean, Skyler hasn't been great, but he – 
I don't know that you can just sit there and say, like, this offense is struggling because he's not playing better. I, well, I don't know okay. what the answer it's is, It's just honestly. a different He's only game. thrown one interception this year, guys. It's not like he's thrown – he's had, like, six touchdowns, six – but he's thrown one interception, which was tipped. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just not like he's just throwing stupid passes. He's kind of gone the other way, though. Yeah. That's that's part of the problem. Yes. I mean, you, is K-State going to beat maybe... you deep? Sorry, what? I think K-State going to beat you deep. Honestly, Matt, no. I don't know because have they run a pattern where they try to just – Put Philip Brooks on the flyer and go. I haven't seen it. Not the last two games. No. K-State's not going to beat you deep right now. And maybe they haven't done it simply because they don't think they can protect that long. Could Might be. be it. Well, we got a lot more to talk about on this topic and uh, other topics, but I, I want to steal a line from my friend Matt Walters. We're going to put a bookmark right here and take a pause. But we are brought to you by Commerce Bank, who has the technology and the people to help you with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. This is the Powercat Insiders Podcast, and we will be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Black, Kellis Robnett, Matt Walters. You're fearsome foursome. That's what we're going to be. The whole gang's all here this week. This is quality. We don't have that backup guy over in the other room. We won't mention Riley's name. Oh, damn it. But he's not here. We got the we got the A team. Let's move on with the mm-hmm. offense. Um, one of the things we were promised here, promised like you owe us the media these things. They were going to throw to the tight ends and running backs. They had five receptions combined uh, in this game. Is is this another function of not having the right guys to do what they need to do, or have they just kind of wandered away from the? basis of the offense they showed at North Dakota State. What I'm going to say is that, again, this is now the second year in a row I've covered a team from start to finish, and and so I'm not going to believe the stuff about throwing to the tight end a lot till I see it, because that's exactly what I heard Andre Coleman uh, was going to do last year, and I'd have to even look up. I don't know how many t- times they ended up throwing to the tight end, but it was not very much. No. Maybe, maybe it was after they lost faith in Nick Leonard when he dropped a surefire touchdown in the opener, and then he was injured and never came back. I don't know if that how much that, that affected have. it, but uh, same same to your point here. Uh, I think Saturday specifically was more that they didn't have the right personnel because we know that Jordan Brown's the best pass-catching running back they've got, and he's not available right now. Well, I mean, that gets to another point here. They just don't have any depth, and I think Nick Lenners isn't playing as well as ever, anyone had hoped, including Nick Lenners. Sammy Wheeler is the best pass-catcher, but yep. is still too light to really be in there blocking very often because, I mean – 
particularly a team like Baylor that can really bring some girth on the edge. Um, I made the comment on the air mm-hmm. that from what I saw, I don't, I don't remember if it was second quarter or third quarter, but Baylor made a concerted effort and did a great job covering K-State's backs out of the backfield. The wheel routes, whatever the case, they were covered every time. Every time. And I think for that matter, Oklahoma State did a pretty good job of that last week down in Stillwater. Well, I imagine people have gone back and looked at that North Dakota State offense quite a bit. They had tendencies, tight ends and running backs were two of them. Well, I think that tight end is lacking for sure because at North Dakota State they were used to having two, even four really good tight ends who could both block and catch and they don't really have anyone here who can do both. Like you said, Sammy Wheeler is a pretty decent option as a tight end when you're throwing to him, but you don't want him out there being the lead blocker on plays. And Nick Nick Lenners is, you know, adequate at both, but not really great at either one. And if you go back and kind of study the last two games on film, he's had as many missed assignments and just bad plays as anybody there was one i think it was maybe the two-point conversion where they tried last week where he was supposed to sweep right and be an extra option both blocking and receiving for thompson and he just fell down so that play looked ridiculous but it's because one of the guys who's supposed to be out there helping was 40 feet behind the play and you know i hate to pick on a guy but at north dakota state they were used to having the best offensive linemen and the best tight ends and the best fullbacks and right now they just don't have those things yeah they they don't a they don't have the guys that really fit what they want to do as it turns out, and B, they're not better than everyone else on the field. The scheme isn't holding up like we thought it might. Uh, Again, I don't want to throw people under the bus and certainly don't want to uh, blame the previous administration for what this one's doing, but we knew going into the season depth was an issue. We knew it. I mean, that's a big reason why there was great concern about the program was recruiting had dropped and there, there was some a-list guys. Wyatt Hubert last week has been pretty darn good. Um, there's some really good players on this team. And defensively, I feel like they've got all the parts. They just haven't been consistent. Now I'm really sounding like Bill Snyder using that word. But um, well, that, that was that was Kleiman's big word. Yeah, it was. Consistency, I think he said about six times. And he's right. Yeah. You know, if you if the guys you have are just more consistent and better with their their duties, it's they're going to be better, but they've gotten into some dings and dents, and we knew there'd be a drop off. It's not glamorous, but it's factual and it's reality. Yeah. Whether there's not enough talent, it's going to take a couple years. It's two steps forward, one step back. The one thing that when you talk about execution, and they're you know that's where they're struggling at times because the guys and the coaches will say we we do fine in practice, we got to translate it to the game. Penalties, yeah. The the ten and fifteen yard penalties have come at inopportune times, mm-hmm. all five ball games, and that aspect has to get cleaned up as well. Again, you can t- control certain things, and you can't control things. You can't become better athletically uh, overnight. Uh, trust me, I know this. And uh, you can't control your penalties, your mistakes such as turnovers or even fumbles that deflated drive even if you recover it um and you can be more assignment sound and be better fundamentally uh they i i see plays where the guys pulling are not timed right and certainly the tackling is an issue these guys aren't big enough and good enough to go up and strike someone with their shoulder pad and put them down they're just not i don't know what they think they are but they're not that 
the tackling is atrocious. And I hope Scotty Hazelton is up there, you know what, this week trying to get that corrected because that is leading to the big plays. Outside of Wyatt Hubert, in my mind, is, is anybody else on the defense playing well or even at least sub, like average to what you guys would have thought? I think Jordan Mitty's been better. Yeah, Mitty. Mitty okay, Mitty's been better, and I don't think I don't think Deshaun's been. No, I agree. I think he's been awful. The, the front, the front four are. I, I've been okay. expecting more out of Reggie Walker. I'll be honest. But behind the front four, it's it's been so so. When's the last time you guys saw a DB whiff as bad as AJ Parker did on that touchdown? Oh, oh when he bid for the. Oh stop my gosh! Go. Yeah. It was it I mean, was rough. Dante Barnett, every time he played as an underclassman. <laughs> Sorry, Dante, if you're listening. Yeah, it would have been you. last year. I mean, yeah, it's what happens when you get caught peeking yep. in the backfield. That was bad. That was bad. But you go back to the Mississippi State game. Someone forgot to cover Dalton Schoen for them. It happens. Yeah, it does. It does. And but the problem is you got to you got to put that foundation in. He was peeking in the backfield. Why? Because they've been running the ball with success, and guys have been breaking loose into the secondary. So if you're not running the ball, guys don't have to peek in the backfield, and then everything just kind of falls apart. Their dominoes aren't stacking up. They don't have a foundation to run the stuff that they want to run. Play actions meaningless if you're not that worried about the run. I'm not going to go through every team, but, again, this is not to beat the drum too many times. Oklahoma State has Tylen Wallace. He's all right. TCU has Jalen Rager. No, oh, we're going back to the receiver thing. I said we're going okay. back to the receiver thing. <laughs> I got just okay. making sure he's okay. Even KU has Parchment. Parchment. Baylor's got Mems and company. Duvernay, we're going to get a face Man, full Texas, of him at Texas. Yeah. You got to have a dude there, and then you, no, you got to have guys in the backfield, in oh, the defensive okay. backfield. That yeah. Well, this brings to this topic recruiting. Um. You know, fans are like, well, I'll be patient. They'll be better next year. And I'm like, hold on. No, no, they they got a lot of seniors. And it's not like they inherited a ton of recruits that were, you know, most of those recruits were Snyder recruits. And bluntly put, they're out there getting development guys that are going to be really good. They're just not getting the guys that can come in and out of high school and play at the Big 12 level. Joshua Youngblood is a very gifted athlete. But you can see his own growing pains. Shortcomings, yeah. Yeah, he's getting plenty of opportunity to play, and he will all season. He is what he is. He's fast and makes mistakes, and, you know, I like him on kickoff returns. I'll say that. I want him to bring it out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. I love the energy he plays with. Cause I, cause I, just in my mind, I remember because I tweeted about it, was just the one play where, where Skyler overthrew him, but I mean, he extended and ended up hitting the, the turf and sliding for about three yards. I mean, I just love any guy that's willing to put his whole body out there on the line. Mm-hmm. But, but Gus, their, their choice here is go Juco heavy and try to get better quickly or build this with a foundation. And I think that's what they're going to do is they're going to – Address some needs at JUCO. They're going to get a defensive tackle. They're going to get an offensive tackle or two and maybe a receiver. But they're not going to go do eight guys. Patience is the word of the day for the fan base, isn't it? Well, it should be. I mean, when was the last time that a coach went heavy on junior colleges and recruits and that turned out good for him? Probably 1997 for Bill Snyder. Yeah, okay. So, That's been a while, by the way. Um, it has. So I wouldn't go that route, even if it could help you short term. I'd, 
I'd stick with what they're doing. I like the guys that they're bringing in. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic on what they're doing on the recruiting trail. I think they'll be all right. It's just going to take time. It's going to take time. I mean, yeah, they, they're going to be all right, but not 2020 probably. They may pluck a guy or two from Hutch, who, by the way, got beat on Saturday up at Highland. Um, maybe from down in the Texas ranks, whether it's Trinity or Kilgore or Blinn. Um, Snow has good players. I mean, they may they may find a handful of guys, but they have to build it from the high school ranks, and it's just gonna it's gonna take a couple years. There 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 is a reason that Kansas State is three and two, and there's a reason that K State has played like it did the last two Saturdays against Oklahoma State and Baylor and Big Twelve teams. That's you're probably gonna see K State struggle again. By the time we get to the end of November. Well, the thing to remember forget, here is that. Forget if, about Oklahoma. And yeah. If you go back preseason and just say you could take three and two right now, I think most fans. Oh, would yeah. Say that exactly. It, it's really and, not about the records, how they got in there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to remember this. I mean, this was, it, you know, you're not. It, it was a rebuilding project, not a colossal rebuilding project. They weren't going to go winless ever or anything like that. But I mean, there's a reason all of us were picking them to go between 5 and 7 and 7 to 5 preseason. I think they just kind of maybe fooled us a little bit in those first three games. Excuse me for making the mm-hmm. Shrek-Pinocchio reference here with Bill Snyder being his his guy, Pinocchio, but I feel like those first three games, <clears throat> everyone said, I'm a real boy, and then turned back into a wooden doll. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I think it's just that, you know, and I'd say I was maybe somewhat guilty of it, and I'm sure, I don't I was, know, maybe what you guys, was, how much too, but that it's like, well, may, maybe they are a lot better than maybe I thought. Uh, but then now it's more that after these last two games, it's like, okay, there was a reason they were picked ninth in, in the league in the preseason. They, could, they could still win seven or eight. I mean, yeah, they can. I'm just, I'm just right. saying that, that certainly now I'm more pessimistic, like I said about my postseason bowl trip to wherever, than I was. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> book it just yet. Damn, if they can back up. They make a bowl and end up in that Phoenix uh, little brother the bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl. No longer the, the – it was only the Cactus Bowl when we were there. They didn't have sponsorship. I would have loved Cheez-Its, by the way. I mean, that would have been nice. They're growing on me, too, I, I must admit. I the, would, the Cheez-Its or the team? Yeah, Cheez-Its. Didn't oh. like them when I was a kid. Oh. I love them now. What happened? Especially the grooves. I don't know about that. <laughs> you like the commercials, admit it. Yeah, okay. Oh. <laughs> like the round block of cheese that's talking. Oh, the, yeah, he, the really sassy, yeah. sarcastic one. Okay. Wow, che- yeah. Cheese does not talk in the real world. <laughs> it does and not. And the problem yeah, is the real world. Yeah, lactose intolerant, it does. In the real world, Kansas State might indeed be the ninth. Dare I say, tenth best team in the Big Twelve? Wow, we're we're gonna. Wow, s- we're going. You're going down to that depth now. Huh? I see. I yes, yeah, so I'm gonna take that big swing from. Hey, they're going ten and two to. Oh crap! But they're really in between. I mean, that's yeah. really the, yeah. the in between, and it's gonna be a battle royale between them, KU, Tech, West Virginia. I agree. I mean, which is what everyone projected. Although TCU is a little, yeah, split they, personality, mm-hmm. little Sybil. Yeah, they might be in that grouping, too. What I can't figure about TCU is what one thing do we always know about TCU football? Defense. Defense. (laughs) And SMU and Iowa State have run-ruled them. It's been really strange to watch. I blame Alex Delton. 
Yeah. Really? We're just good to that. <laughs> hey, Alex. That's a joke. Hey, did you notice that? <laughs> did you notice that bus? Here. Um, no, I. They've got a lot of problems at TCU. Huge game though. Got to get a little bit better every day in practice for the next ten days. They just have to. And then see if you can. If you knock off TCU, the context of everything changes. If you don't, you're staring at three and four. Because Oklahoma is coming this, on the deck. This is not going to be a sprint. It is going to be a marathon. I agree. And we're sponsored by Commerce you Bank. Be, you may be closer to 60 by the time, or you will be closer to 60, but a lot closer to 60 by the time it's at 10 and 2 or right in the mix for a Big 12 championship when you get to mid-November. I like how I try to insert your chance for the read. And right. Commerce Bank. <laughs> Whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. Oh. Chris Kleiman and crew are accepting this challenge, and they know they've got one in front of them. They really do. And now I want to get to the most important topic of the day, and that, of course, is uh, and, KU basketball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Can Please we just, just, can we just say you're old and not since they didn't. No. Yeah. You know what, though? Really, nothing happened. Well, I guess the language was bad. I didn't know about that until I guess he was supposed to do his PG versions of his lyrics and did not do it. And there it was. Um, well, that's a darn shame. <laughs> he's Snoop. <laughs> you know, the guy has openly smoked weed. What, he's going to follow your rules all of a sudden? Uh, Acrobatic dancers. That was my favorite line that I saw from coming out of this. Kellis, you said it before we taped. I'm not surprised at what happened, and I'm not really offended by what happened. They moved him to the end. It was going to be what it was. Get up and leave if you're offended. We're too easily offended in today's society. We find fault with everything, but... Don't apologize. Don't say, we had no idea. You invited Snoop. He had to unload the stripper poles out of something. They didn't magically appear out of a puff of smoke. He, You saw the dancers. Surely they had a room in which to change. They didn't just walk in wearing this stuff. And you put on video a promo video of Coach Self in the Adidas shirt with a gold chain with a dollar sign up against it. It's almost like they're being just totally tone deaf. I mean, I liked it though, just in terms of I just felt like they were totally leaning into it personally. I'm like, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a villain, lean full tilt into it. Like and the fact that it wasn't just like it was a subtle Adidas logo. I mean it was a giant Adidas logo on that shirt. I, Old school one by the way, which I I, like. I liked everything about it until yeah. I apologized, honestly. Yeah. I mean as as long as I, I guess my question is before Snoop Dogg came on, like did they at Allen Fieldhouse announce something like, okay, Fans, the thought, what you was, you know, parental guidance is suggested. suggested. You, you know, it is explicit right. language from here on out. If they did that and people still still stayed or whatever, then that's their fault. If they didn't, then you certainly would have liked to seen that. But like you said, it was at the end of the show. I thought most of it was funny, and for a while, an intentional middle finger to anyone out there judging them. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't offended by any of it. I can see why some people would be. But I liked it up until the point when Jeff Long apologized, and I thought that just made him look well, sad. And, and Bill Self, who I know K-Staters hate hearing this, I really like, you know, was shaking his head and got up and walked off because he didn't feel well. Just 
You know, I mean, it is what it is. If you're lactose intolerant and you're eating lots of cheese and drinking lots of milk, you know what's going to happen. And that's what happened last Friday night. How many other schools out there would like Snoop Dogg to perform at their school? Most. Yeah, but after so. this, <laughs> but that's, but, that's well, I mean, Ludacris, Ludacris has performed at uh, Georgia and Texas. I don't think he came in with radio edited songs. I would rather have the Undertaker show up for a pregame speech than I would Ludacris. That's just me. Okay, okay. I would go to Ludacris. I know. Show. Yeah, it's okay. I know. Uh, I mean, what about the Undertaker? Like the the, the wrestler. That's who I'm talking okay, about. Make, make what sure. other Undertaker? I just want to make sure he, I'm just making sure he wasn't meeting just like a random <laughs> like fifty year old guy more, in a suit, mortician, local mortician, addressing the team. <laughs> I mean, it could be one of your reads for all I know. Like the, you know, when you die, make sure you're treated by the best. You know, so and so funeral home. Maybe that's your business, man. You can be the Undertaker funeral home, and when they show up, you're in full costume. Can you be Paul Bear for him? Oh, that that'd be your sidekick. That'd be your tag team be partner, your manager. Paul Bearer. Right. Paul uh, Bear. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a. I mean, he died a couple of years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, goodness. wow. We, I, you know what? I'm with you, Kellis. Um, don't don't play like you didn't know. That's where that that lost. I think we we were sorry that if anyone was offended. Uh, we we tried to warn everyone. Maybe it went a little further than what we expected, but we hired Snoop. If, if they cared, if they were really sorry about it, they would have ran out when they saw the stripper poles and been like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Let's wow. let's uh, pump the brakes here for a second. The king like, get out of their own way at the moment. That's well put. I mean, I think I think there was a kind of let's troll. Well, I, Everyone. I, I thought Self's quote of uh, bad publicity is better than no publicity was worse than anything that the yeah yeah that no, was, coach that is not bad. true right now yeah it's the last thing that should be coming out yeah maybe in hindsight you should have gone to Darius Rucker <laughs> Hootie would have not have been offensive nope yeah, see, I would have preferred they would have played the Hootie stuff. I'm not really a big fan of his like singles chronology, like oh, that, that Wagon Wheel song. Oh my God! Don't no, don't start me, don't start me on his cover of Wagon Wheel. Don't Who's, even start me. Cowboy in the Cowboy Troy with Big and Rich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's him. Yeah. Don't. No. Not cool is not cool. And I'll give Snoop this: the dude's cool. But when this dog walked in carrying a giant blunt, <laughs> maybe you should have thought, hey, hold on now. That's when Man. the curtain comes down. Oh, heavens. Well, this has been the technical difficulty. Yeah. 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 The screen goes to the snow. Exactly. Exactly. Well, somebody told me that uh, Snoop didn't even know the lyrics to his own song. He had a teleprompter there. Man, that he was went, pretty that funny. Surprise you? He went full that Toby doesn't, Keith. Doesn't surprise me at all. He went full Besides, Toby Keith. I could probably lip sync a few of his songs. I mean, without a teleprompter, I don't know. I mean, how heck, hard is you know, gin and juice? Well, uh, I mean, heck, you know, I mean, Ashley Simpson's career never never recovered from her lip sync controversy on SNL. I see that's obscure history. I don't know about. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like go back I and watch. I think her career was dead. Garth anyway, Brooks has but. been kicked around a couple times for lip syncing. Chris Gaines. 
Chris Gaines was awesome. <laughs> Are we done? Millie we're Vanilli. Done. We have. We're just. We're just were literally. Frauds. We're just ending the podcast. Just naming <laughs> as many artists and music as we can. Janet we started. Jackson. We right before the podcast, folks. We started on this story from Fitz about a Willie Nelson concert, which then never involved Willie Nelson at all. Which it was. It was all about Austin. P. It was all about Austin P. <laughs> it involved Austin P. Players rubbing their butts on the Wildcat at midfield. That is a perfect metaphor to wrap up this <laughs> edition you. of the PowerCat Insiders <laughs> podcast. And we're not, we're not going to mention the sponsor right here. They want nothing to do with this right now. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders podcast presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.